This is UCA News Podcast, your guide to weekly news and information about and of interest to the church in Asia. I'm John Lawrenson. Pope Francis wants the world to know the truth behind the deadly Easter 2019 bombings in Sri Lanka. He made the call as victims met him in Rome and attended a mass in St Peter's Basilica commemorating the terrorist atrocity. Cardinal Malcolm Ranjith of Colombo led a 60-member delegation including families of bomb victims at the invitation of the Pope who appealed to Sri Lankan authorities to shed light on what happened and who were responsible for the attacks. As people celebrated Easter services in 2019, suicide bombers targeted three hotels, two Catholic churches and one Protestant church. Some 269 people, including 45 foreigners, were killed and at least 500 injured. A local Islamic extremist outfit was blamed for the attacks. Church leaders have dismissed state inquiries and repeatedly demanded the government reveal the masterminds. Indian Catholics and members of civil society paid tribute to late Jesuit priest Stan Swamy on his first birth anniversary since his death. Associates at the Training and Social Action Centre in Ranchi that he founded in the eastern state of Jharkhand released a book and unveiled a bust of the priest on Tuesday. The book is the Hindi version of the priest's memoir containing his writings, including those written in jail. The Archdiocese of Delhi organised a seminar-cum-book-launch event to celebrate the anniversary. Civil society members said Father Swami did not die but was killed in prison by the government for fighting for the rights of poor and indigenous communities. The elderly Jesuit was arrested and imprisoned following a fabricated terrorism case. He was denied timely medical care and his bail pleas were repeatedly dismissed during the over nine months in jail. The 84-year-old priest died in a private hospital in Mumbai on July the 5th, 2021. A new report by UK-based advocacy group Hong Kong Watch says a government crackdown has almost completely dismantled free media in Hong Kong and is paving the way for expansion of pro-Beijing media in the politically troubled city. The report in the firing line, the crackdown on media freedom in Hong Kong, details the dire condition of press freedom in the Chinese territory. Released in London on Tuesday, the report calls on the international community to speak out against violations of press freedom and freedom of expression and to provide a lifeline to journalists at risk of arrest. The report, based on interviews with over 10 exiled journalists and reports by leading Hong Kong and global press freedom organisations, details how Hong Kong has become a dangerous place for journalists as authorities use draconian laws, intimidation and police violence to muzzle dissent and suppress press freedom. A similar scenario prevails in Cambodia, where journalists face abuses and harassment under the country's authoritarian Prime Minister Hun Sen. In its annual report, the Cambodian Centre for Human Rights strongly rebuked the ruling regime for formulating and using repressive laws to wield a crackdown on freedom of speech. The group accused Hun Sen of carrying out a witch hunt against journalists and discriminating against women journalists and human rights defenders. 
Cambodia has faced regular international criticism for repressing press freedom since the end of a 30-year civil war in 1998. The criticism has intensified since 2017 when the government launched a crackdown on media amid widespread protests. That resulted in the closure of the fiercely independent Cambodian daily and the forced sale of the Phnom Penh Post after both were issued with exorbitant tax bills. Access to media outlets operating outside Cambodia is also restricted. Ethnic rebel groups, including those from Christian-majority states, have rejected an offer for peace talks from Myanmar military junta chief General Min Aung Hlaing. During an address on state media on April the 22nd, the junta leader invited rebel groups to register for peace talks by May. Anti-coup group, the General Strike Coordination Body, has slammed the peace talks bid as merely just for show. Key rebel groups, including the Karen National Union and the Kachin Independence Army, have rejected the junta chief's offer and asked the junta to withdraw troops from their territories and leave Myanmar politics. Some 20 ethnic rebel groups that control various states have been fighting for autonomy for over seven decades. The debate over peace talks came days before the US Commission on International Religious Freedom released its annual report where it compared violence against Christians in Myanmar with persecution of Rohingya Muslims. A three-member Vatican delegation has visited Vietnam to enhance diplomatic ties between the Holy See and the communist nation. Led by Vatican's Undersecretary for Relations with States, Monsignor Morislav Stanislav Vachovsky, the delegation was welcomed by Singapore-based pontifical representative to Vietnam, Archbishop Marek Zalewski, Archbishop Joseph Vu Van Thien of Hanoi, three priests and several government officials. The visitors attended the ninth meeting of the Vietnam Holy See Joint Working Group on April 21st-22nd to discuss ways to set up an office of a permanent papal representative in the country. The Vatican has had no diplomatic relations with Vietnam since the last Vatican envoy was expelled in 1976 following the communist takeover. In 2011, Pope Benedict XVI appointed Monsignor Leopoldo Ghirelli as the first non-resident pontifical representative to Vietnam. The Indonesian government has honoured a Catholic midwife who has served a remote province for more than three decades without any payments. 54-year-old Jovita Mariati from Sika district in East Nusa Tenggara province was among 10 women who received the award from First Lady Iriana Widodo during the 144th Kartini Day celebrations on April the 21st, Indonesians celebrate the day to commemorate the birth of national icon Raden Ajeng Kartini, who promoted gender equality and women's rights during the Dutch colonial era. Mariati has served new mothers and children as a midwife in Sika district's Nangalimang villages for the past 34 years. The mother of four children lost her husband in 1999. She doesn't get any payment for her work and survives by selling hand-woven fabrics. She has also advocated for medical interventions to prevent diseases such as dengue fever, malaria and tuberculosis in villages. (laughs) 
A Jesuit think tank has constituted an award to honor Irish Jesuit missionary Father Alfred Joseph Dynan that recognizes the good business practices of small and medium enterprises in Macau and Hong Kong. The Dynan Award for Responsible Entrepreneurship is a collaboration between the Ricky Institute of Macau and Wu Fu Foundation of Hong Kong. The award will be given to businesses from next year. Father Dynan served as a missionary in China for about 65 years until his death in Hong Kong in 2018. Father Dynan was a pioneer in education in the former British colony where he was a teacher and principal at Jesuit-run Waiyan College. He also co-founded Hong Kong International Institute of Educational Leadership in 1997. He was hailed for offering value-based education to successive generations of students. The priest also worked tirelessly to combat the rise of HIV-AIDS. He was the superior of Jesuits in Hong Kong from 1996 to 2002. Bangladeshi authorities have withheld the visa extensions of four Catholic foreign missionaries, reportedly due to negative intelligence reports. PIME missionaries, Father Belisario de Jesus, Ciro Montoya, and Father Pietro Parolari, Xaverian missionary, Father Marcello Storgato, and Daughters of Jesus nun, Sister Lona Caballero Bonganoi, will have to leave Bangladesh if ongoing efforts to secure their visa extensions fail. Father Montoya is a Colombian, Father Parolari and Father Storgato are Italians, and Sister Bonganoi is a Filipino. Father Montoya said he feels sad to leave the country after nine years of selfless service and expressed frustration that no explanation was given for withholding his visa extension. An official from the Religious Affairs Ministry said they are acting in accordance with the rules as issuing clearances is the jurisdiction of the Home Affairs Ministry. A church official said they are using diplomatic channels to try and solve the problem. That's the time we have this week, but there is much more on ucanews.com. Find daily news, commentaries, features and many more podcasts. Share this podcast with your friends and relatives and like us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you listen. Help us cover more stories by contributing at ucanews.com slash donate. Today's producer is Binu Alex. Until next week, goodbye. Goodbye.